0: Welcome to the Five Week Linguist Show. If you want to learn a language or you teach a language, you've come to the right place. Join Janina each week for tips, resources, and advice for making engaging language learning happen anytime, anywhere. Welcome to the Five Week Linguist Show. In this series, we're talking all about more fun in the language classroom, and I'm a huge proponent of fun. I think that as much as I love languages, it can, they can be tedious, it can be hard work, so anywhere I can get fun into learning, I I do. And I wanted to share some ways this week to talk about some really simple activities that can be done low-tech with paper and something to write with that are really, really fun and effective. The first activity I want to talk about are flashcards. So flashcards aren't traditionally thought of as fun. And even though we're talking about fun, I want to be very clear in saying that I do not believe that everything has to or should be fun. There is an element of work to it. And flashcards are effective. It is a rote Thing. Um, I think they get a bad rap. I know that we love to do everything we can to get our students to acquire, and ourselves, acquire language naturally. And with that said, at the end of the day, if you know enough words and phrases, you can create with language. You can become an intermediate speaker of a language. And I think that it's important to show students how they can help themselves along on that journey, right? It's something that you don't need anybody else to do. You can make your own flashcards. You can quiz yourself. You can put aside the ones that you don't know and you need to study a little bit more. I think there's nothing wrong with it. With that said, I wanted to share some really fun ways that students can use, language learners really, and particularly in language classes, can use flashcards for fun activities. So, the first one is to create Go Fish. So in this in this scenario, what you would do is you would have students. There's several different ways that you could do this. You would have, um, you know, one person make their own set of flashcards and another person make their set of flashcards. And you might assign them um, doing them in a different way. So you might assign them you know, English on one side, target language on the other side, you might do a, a visual in the target language. There's lots of different ways that you can do this. But at the end of the day, Go Fish is about pairs, and and everybody would have to have the same size. So you could even, um, you know, assign students to do these in pairs, and, and one person writes certain things on their flashcards, and someone else writes them on, you know, the, the other thing, the corresponding thing on their flashcards. So maybe, maybe one person does, you know, visuals on one side and the other person does target language, English on the other side. But basically at the end of the day, it's all about, it's all about pairs, right? So then they would put out their cards together. So how, whatever matches you'd want to be made, right? It could be a question, and an answer right they could coordinate and make questions and answers working together using certain vocabulary words they could do english target language you could do picture picture um target language word etc you could assign you know half half you know to one and and the other half to the other it really depends on how how you want to do this there's lots of different ways that you can do it you know, assigning them different ways to fill out their cards. And then they would put them together, you know, maybe a, you know, a pair or a group of four, right? That you could split up the, the cards. And so then basically they, you would teach them the target language. Do you have this? Do you have that? Do you want this? The question and answer It would all be questions and answers. No, you don't have it. Go fish, right? They, they get their seven cards and then they draw. And it's very communicative. You know, the questions can even be as simple as, you know, how do you say this? What is that? Anything in the target language, it's very interactive, and all those cards serve as great speaking support. Another game that you can play with this is essentially, you know, memory or concentration. Anytime you've got pairs, that works that way, right? Um, I think memory and concentration is fun and interesting and it's challenging but I don't love it as much as I love the interaction of go fish but it's definitely you know a great way to do it but basically students are copying they're doing the first step of writing they're engaging with the vocabulary they have a set of tools to have agency to learn languages on their own um you know long after you know in the future when they really want to you know when they're they find themselves really wanting to review or pick up a language, or they're continuing to study. It's a powerful tool, and then have a lot of fun doing it with those those flashcard activities that we talked about, those really simple, low-prep fun, lots of engagement. The next activity I wanted to talk about is essentially, big pieces of paper. It could be big post-its. Um, It doesn't have to be that fancy. It can be just butcher paper that you cut. And I've seen this activity called several things, and there's several ways you could do it. But at the end of the day, what you're doing is a big, interactive, giant cheat sheet while you're working on a set of something. So you can have illustrations that are labeled, everybody can work on that, you know, all the the words that you're working on at the moment, words and phrases. You can divide it up by categories, and everybody's in charge, and then you're putting them all over the walls. Um, You can put verb conjugations on there, but essentially, the learners are making it, right? The learners are making a giant cheat sheet, that big reference that you can have, in your room the whole time. And it's a lot of fun. Vocab drawings. I think that doodles are one of the most powerful activities, especially when when people are feeling tired. Um, I'm terrible at drawing, but I know that drawing vocabulary helps me learn. And I know that there are so many people in the world who are not terrible at drawing. They're very, very good at it. And there's so many ways that you can approach this. You can take words and assign a certain number of words and they can write a scene, uh, for example, a beach scene. And then they've labeled everything, all the vocabulary, if that's what you're studying. If they're studying nature, they can do that as well, right? Everything gets drawn and labeled. And people who, who are good at this, they really enjoy this. And people who aren't particularly good at this, they might complain, oh, I'm terrible at this. You know, that's not the point. It's the drawing the vocabulary and really engaging and remembering these words, right? Drawing a face, drawing a body, drawing clothes, right? You name it. Um, I love to draw scenes because I think they require some thought. And it can be a great way to really think about and learn vocabulary. And it works with pretty much any topic that you're doing. And if you're reading... This is a great activity to do as well, to draw out the scene, right? Um, Draw what's happening and mark up the vocabulary so you have kind of a visual reminder of what's happening in the story. And if you've got numerous students, you know, numerous groups reading, everyone can do a part, and then they become an expert on that particular part of the reading. And then that becomes... a a visual to support in a speaking prompt and narrating, which of course is an advanced level task. It's very difficult. So drawings can be used at the beginning level all the way up to the advanced level. And those are just a few ways. I haven't even hit all the ways. Um, Another activity that I want to do talking about getting into narration and the advanced level are storyboards. And, There are some great ones available online, but you can easily make your own graphic organizers. But it, it's just basically, you know, you can do four squares or six squares or as many squares as you need. And when... Oftentimes filmmakers will start with... I heard that French filmmakers in a class I took many years ago do movies, they, they plan out films by visuals and then they write in the dialogue. And 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 I'm sure that there's plenty of filmmakers that do that now. Anytime you plan a video, or oftentimes when you plan a video, you might do something similar, right? Here's this shot, here's this shot, here's this scene, et cetera, et cetera, and you would use a storyboard. Well this activity is an absolute gold mine for language teacher. Um I've seen some at freology.org, but again, you could do six boxes just in a in a kind of landscape paper and put some lines underneath it. And for beginning students, it can be a little comic. They can make a little comic of meeting and greeting. And as students are, are learning, as people are learning more and more about, you know, more advanced tasks, like talking about the past, narrating, et cetera, they can start telling stories, right? And with a little comic, a little visual that goes with it. Another way you can use this is with difficult reading, Right. If if you're reading a short story or a novel, everybody can then make their own quote-unquote movie about it. Right. You just like we are always adapting stories to the screen. They would do that. They would they would pick six scenes, illustrate them, and and caption them in the target language. Really great ways um, to really deepen understanding. And another idea for a really simple activity that you can do with paper is one that I got from a brilliant teacher, Deborah Blaz, who wrote a book. Um, I can't she wrote several books. And I remember this activity really well because it works so beautifully. So time can be teaching telling time can can be really difficult. Um because a lot of people don't have experience necessarily with analog. So she talked about paper plates, which are ideal, and just a little brad and making making little clock hands. And so then as pe- as you're teaching telling time, you've got a visual and you're going to show them, but you're also going to say that to them and they're going to show you the time but this is a really simple thing that you could do with any you know really even simple notebook paper though ideally you'd have something a little bit more sturdy and it's great they can you know pull pull out those clocks and you tell them the time in the target language and they have to show you and you can even use them for fun things like um you know the little appointment times on your your clock you know you write in uh some of your classmates' names at different times, and then when you say the time, they have to go talk to that person. So when students are a little bit more advanced and they can do some you know, chatting and such, that's great. Go talk to this person. It's 2 o'clock? Go, go talk to this person. Tell them all about your weekend. Well, I hope you found these really low-tech activities, low-tech, no-prep um activities fun. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the five-week linguist show with Janina Klimas. Join us each week here and visit us at reallifelanguage.com slash Language blog for more resources for learning and teaching languages.